Climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is uh, Julie Rogers Bascom. I'm filling in for Amy Muirs, who is here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. Our show's goal is to explore how young people are using their ideas, their creativity, and their interests and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are using the power of service learning to redesign education. Today, I am excited to share with you a conversation with three students from Campfire and Maryland Multicultural Youth Center. Um, we welcome Catherine, uh, Karina, and Daniela. They are here to share their service learning story and how they created messaging products from the Poder and Salud um, uh, effort. We'll tell you a little bit more about that. A uh, little background on that. Earlier this year, Campfire applied for a grant for Poder and Salud through NYLC, the National Youth Leadership Council, and they partnered with Maryland Multicultural Youth Centers, Communities Together, and Campfire Youth to address health in the community, in their community. This grant was directed at having young people from Latinx communities engage in taking actions that would increase awareness um, of prevention efforts uh, towards COVID in their communities. These three young women you'll hear from today represent uh, several teams of young people in middle and high school who are planning and implementing activities for youth, families, and community members to increase immunizations, to strengthen prevention practices, and encourage healthy living all around the issues of COVID. I'm really pleased to welcome this team uh, to tell their story about this project. And before we dive into that project, Poder and Salude, I'd love to hear a bit from each of our guests. Uh, uh, Karina, could you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce you and, and uh, tell us the kinds of things that you're involved in. Hello, good afternoon. My name is Karina Hernandez. I am a college student and I am an AmeriCorps member um, serving my first year as a part-time and I just love helping people and the community. Great. Thank you so much, Karina. AmeriCorps is an important, important program. Daniela, I'm hoping that you can uh, introduce yourself next and tell us a little bit more uh, about what uh, the kinds of things you're up into. Of course. Good afternoon. My name is Daniela Pastor Reyes. I'm a first-generation college student at Bowie State University, and I'm actually serving my second-year term with AmeriCorps as a part-time member. That's awesome. Again, AmeriCorps uh, is an important organization that really uses the strategy of service learning to engage young people to uh, take action uh, about the issues that they care about. Catherine, thanks for being here, Catherine. How about you? Tell us a little bit about you. Hi, good afternoon. Um, my name is Catherine. I am a senior at Parkdale High, and this is my first year working as an AmeriCorps member part-time. 
And I just love working with this. Well, you've got a real powerful team that's doing some great work, not only the young people, but you've got some peop- some adult mentors and partners that are really uh, connecting with you to support this work. Catherine, uh, let's start with you. I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about how COVID-19 has been impacting your community. Well, COVID-19 impacted uh, my community by how some families have Well, some families lost jobs and they've needed the extra help to pay for housing and for food. So we've been seeing that around our community. We've been trying to help with that. We've seen kids, you know, some some of them struggled with mental health issues just because they spent so much time locked up in a room. Mm -hmm. So that's. Mm-hmm. And how, what were, were there a lot of people that you knew of in your community that were getting sick, that were, that, that contracted COVID-19? How, what did the COVID-19 numbers look like in your community? Um, the majority, I would, from what I saw when it first started and when, when it was still um, continuing to happen, I saw that majority of my community was high, like they, most of them were very sick or they have gone through COVID and then or they have family members that passed away with COVID. So it really impacted your community. There were high numbers, uh, especially when it first when it first appeared. And Daniela, I, I have a question for you. Um, I, I'm curious, what did how did you hear about Poder and Salud? And what made you interested in in jumping in and doing something about the issues around COVID-19 through Poder and Salud? So actually, it was it was such an interesting experience. I can tell you, I remember when we were first introduced um, by of the Potential Youth Project and how you know we were accepted for a grant, and we actually got in contact with Miss um, Rosemary, who is a part of Campfire. Um, and then again, when we were told about this by our AmeriCorps coordinator Jackie Oriana and by our PG managing director Miss Allison Moore. Just the I just hearing the idea, the description of what we had to do and what we were able, what mission we were or goal we were able to accomplish by the end of the day. I think that's kind of what inspired us to, you know, really jump into this project. We were already used to um, providing community service for our community, for our students, for our families. So doing this, it was just another mission that we wanted to do to add an additional support for our community, something that they, you know, could be open to that would raise awareness and that we would be spreading out the proper information for a community to be able to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear a lot about uh, proper information because there's a, there has been a lot of misinformation in many communities around COVID. So I, I know that that was a real driving force. Karina, I'm going to ask you to step on up and I, I understand that each of you led a different project in your community there were different schools or different com- different sub communities can you can you each tell me about your specific project and how you hope your efforts will impact your community well um i got to work with a group of students i actually worked with five of my students of my after school program which um we started working virtual at the time because um we had COVID was like spreading again. So we decided to um, do the after school virtual. So it was kind of hard working on a project virtually, but then 
two weeks after we went back in person and then that's when we really started working on a project the students decided to do a video um a video that gave out the information about the vaccine covid but they also made it funny in a way because we were trying to get the attention of you know the younger kids um trying to make it fun Mm-hmm. So that they would be able to understand and not just like, you know, giving out the same information that they see on a daily, like on the news, on like information that they give them at school and stuff. We were trying to do something different for them. And my students enjoyed being like part of the project. Um, and so was this a high school, Karina? No, I worked with a middle you school. Were with- a middle school, okay. And yes. what I what I love about that is that you were having young people, you were having middle school students really create messages that appeal to middle school students. I think that's a really interesting, um, uh, a, a real interesting perspective. Daniela, can you tell us a little bit uh, more about your project? You were um, dealing with a, a high school, was it, or were you in with the middle school as well? So actually, I was also with the middle school, when we weren't middle school here in Prince George's County. Um, I Again, I work with um, a group of middle school students from the grades of 6th, 7th, and 8th. So I had a very diverse focus group. And something I really want to emphasize is letting these youth let their voice be heard. Let this project be through a youth perspective, because um, kind of such based on what Karina mentioned, a lot of the community members are so used to seeing all these emphasis on safety guidelines, COVID guidelines through an adult perspective, through a through medical professional perspective, but through youth perspective, they kind of question majority of the time on the purpose of following these guidelines, especially when they look at all their cultural background and how their parents were raised. You know, it's kind of hard for them and difficult for them to understand the reasons why. So we, I kind of let them, you know, create their own scripts, create their own messages, projects that they want to emphasize in their project to also let this be a complete PSA video through youth perspective and something that they can share with their peers in school, in their neighborhoods, because that's what it's all about, raising awareness for this um, community and them wanting to support not only themselves, but everyone else around them, because at the end of the day, they also look for their safety, for their family's safety, and I think I love what I love the most is that they also found joy in participating in something that was going to help fulfill their community with positivity and much more safety guidelines. That's terrific. Uh, Catherine, I'm hoping that we'll have a, a minute here to have you share your uh, a story. We have about a minute before our break. Can you tell us briefly about your project? Sure. Um, So our um, high school group began this process. They brainstormed and researched um, and discussed different experiences of COVID-19. Students discussed how their lives have changed, how spending so much time at home affected them. Many um, speak about uh, living room discussions between their family members. And it was here where they heard the misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic, specifically about the vaccine. They were in these conversations, they were portrayed as like um, where they thought that, you know, you could turn into a zombie or you can things like def- they could have different effects because of the vaccine. So these t- students chose to make flyers to put information 
uh, somewhere to the people in their lives. So their so people in their lives would see it. They're planning to put flyers up at school, community centers, and their own apartment complexes and their neighborhoods. They also translated the flyers in Spanish so that it'll be accessible to all of those in their community. And they just made it easier for the, their community to understand that this doesn't happen with the vaccine and that they are in safe hands. That's so terrific, Catherine. I love that you're, the young people are, are they're using their voice to have an impact in their community. We're going to have to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation with this team of young people from Campfire, Maryland, Multicultural Youth Centers, and Communities Together. And so stay with us on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the power of young people to change the world. I'm Julie Rogers Bascom from the National Youth Leadership Council, uh, standing in for Amy. And today I welcome the MMYC campfire team from Patexton area in Maryland. Before the break, we were talking about some of the specifics on this project. And, and I have lots more questions, as I'm sure our listeners do as well. Just a little bit more background on this health equity in action experience. The goal of Poder and Salude, which stands for Power in Health, a CDC-funded national program is to increase the capacity of Latino and Latinx communities at high risk for COVID-19 to effectively respond through the engagement of trusted community organizations, tailored communications, and the mobilization of promotores, or health promoters, trained to deliver COVID-19 prevention messages and community mitigation strategies. So the CDC really looked to these young people to step up and get the message out. They are still in the process of all of this. So you all are getting a sneak peek 
at what is happening. Um, as the national core partner focusing on middle and high school youth as health promoters, NYLC supports these youth leadership teams across the country in implementing these COVID-19 prevention messages through service learning. So, um, Daniela, how did you get started in this effort? What kind of research did you do? So, as being part of a lead for the William Wharton Middle School team, I'd say I really, I really tried to put not as much as my part into the research, but let the kids, let the youth, you know, actually understand the purpose of doing research, actually understand the why we need to do research, make sure we're looking at credible resources to get our information from and what proper information are we actually putting out to our community. So I was more of a navigator for this project and leading the kids into who they should really look into, what, what sources are really credible. I really wanted the students to, you know, take lead in this project because, you know, this is going to be through their perspective. They they were the ones questioning me on why they had to do research. And I would flip it. I'd say, no, you tell me why I need to do research. Why is this so important? Why is this so emphasized to our community? And you tell me, why do you need to understand it? What do you want to tell your peers after this? What do you want to tell them that, of what you've learned? And that's exactly what happened. They each had their own Chromebooks. They each got on Google. They started <laughs> researching um, you know, symptoms, side effects to look out for, what type of um what type of vaccines are out there, you know, the difference between the vaccines. And that's just kind of how it went. And at the end of the day, we decided on creating a PSA video. So we just kind of added all that information into a script to, you know, end up with a great outcome, divided into two different scenes, one scene with you know, realizing the purpose of wearing a mask and the second scene, realizing the importance of getting a vaccine. It's so interesting, Daniela. I really love how you helped, um, you saw yourself as a navigator because I think service learning starts out with an issue that you care about. And then the first step is to investigate. Karina, what was your first steps? What were the first steps you took and what kind of research did you do? Did you talk with any people about their opinions about COVID-19? Um, for me, it was the same as Daniela. I let the students take lead and research, just helping them, making sure they were looking at the right websites and also talking to them, asking them if they were vaccinated, what was their thinking about COVID and the vaccines. So um, everything was mostly on them. I was just there to help them, making sure they were getting the right information and not getting information like oh if you get vaccinated you're going to become a zombie because that's those were things going around in our community and those are things that we were trying to point out in our video as well okay. that's really important to do that research and that research and that investigation is really what fueled you and um, uh, to create the right product sometimes we come up with a project but it doesn't really address the underlying issues. So I think by Karina, by doing that, by really gathering information, really makes your project that much stronger. Catherine, I am curious, before the show, we were talking a little bit about some of the misinformation that you heard. So was uh, what was something that, what was surprising about the information that you received? And what did you find out? 
Um, what was surprising about the information that I received was how many different type of rumors there were going around about what effect the vaccine could really have on people. Because um, like I said, there was a lot of um, different information, especially from different uh, families in their different cultures where they thought that they could either get more sick with the vaccine or they could have different effects to the point where, you know, like they'll have like bad things happening to them. And what I found or what I found interesting about finding that is that there was really no proof of any of this information. It was just more so people's, like it just going around the community. So one person said it and everybody else just followed along with the same information. That is something that we worry about in lots of different factions of it, the amount of information that we have access to is that misinformation. Karina, I'm wondering, was there anything that surprised you? Uh, uh, why did the parents have some of this information? And, and what were some of your responses or your thoughts and your ideas about being surprised with misinformation? Um, something that surprised me was that the students that I was working with most of them weren't vaccinated. And the reason for that is because of their culture. Um, most of my students' um, parents wouldn't let them get vaccinated because of culture. And something that stand out was that, oh, if you get vaccinated, they're putting a chip in your arm. And that's something that is in the Bible that is going to happen and things like that. So that's something that really like surprised me because the students were scared about getting a chip in their arm and getting tracked and not being able to like live free, you could say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's information that, you know, parents passed on to their students and then students passing them on to their friends and then their friends to their parents. So it was just like rumors going on and on about getting a chip in your arm or you're going to become more sick or you're going to become a zombie. But, you know, that's something that was going on in our community. And then parents realized that it wasn't true. They were try okay. testing it out with a spoon to see if this, if you were vaccinated, apparently a spoon was going to stick on your arm. So they uh, were testing things like that. Interesting stories. It's almost like that game telephone. You know, by the time uh, if you say one message and you tell and somebody says it or repeats it, repeats it, it's a different message at the very end. I'm really interested, Daniela, if you can share um, how did you decide what kind of messaging product? And we're calling those uh, the the flyers, the PSAs, the the um, all those all your mess. Uh, we're calling those messaging products. How did you decide what kind of messaging products to do? And who is your who was or is your audience of those messaging products? So when it came down to deciding, I I know I had the choice and liberty, you know, to choose the type of messaging product that I thought would be best for the community. But once I was with my focus group of kids, I wanted to be a group discussion. I wanted to be a group thing because at the end of the day, when it comes to safety, when it comes to following these COVID guidelines, it's not only thinking about yourself, but thinking about, you know, the people around you, because just as much as you want to be healthy, you want to stay safe. You, all, you also want to desire that for everyone else around you, whether it's in your circle, whether it's whoever you go to school with, whoever you tend to work with or your neighbor, right? 
So um, with the kids I worked with, we thought it was best altogether to share our message with a, through a PSA video. And we thought we could do that because we, the kids were also able to add their own creativity to it. You'd be amazed how I was able to have all my sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, these diverse ages, just come together to create a script. They created their own characters. They created their own messages, their own script lines. They added their own touch of fun to it, which is what we wanted to emphasize because this is also something that's going to be seen by their peers around the same age range of 12 to 14 years old to their parents that they could see, you know, um, because also one thing that the kids wanted to emphasize is they wanted this to be a bilingual video. They understand, you know, they also come from Hispanic, Latinx families. So they said, you know what, this is not only going to be for me, this is also going to be for my parents, my family, those who also come through of minority backgrounds, you know, it's overall, this is for everybody, even though it is through a youth perspective, you know, overall, this is an understanding we want to share with everyone else around us. Well, Daniela, if you'll stay at the mic for just a minute, I have a question, a follow-up question for you. Now that you've created this, these message products, I think you've done the PSA, but all these, the other people in your group have also created these message products. What's your plan to get the message out? Daniela, do you want to share a little bit more about that? Yes. So through this PSA, I definitely wanted the youth to be proud of this PSA that they created. And with that, with them being proud and then taking pride in the work that they the work that they created, I wanted them to be proud enough to share it with their communities and their peers. And I saw when the video was first done, I showed it to the kids and their faces lightened up so quickly. They had smiles. They were so excited. So I thought with that same pride, with that same smile on their face, they were going to share it with their peers in school. And I think that's where it's going to start. And you're sharing it with their peers in school. You know, us as the youth leaders, we're sharing it with our co-peers. We're sharing it with our higher ups. And, you know, with also the youth sharing this with their families, you know, their families are also going to take pride in sharing this with their relatives, with their neighbors, with the community. And that's where it starts. And that's how it's going to keep going, which is I see, you know, raising awareness, sharing this community to community as it should be. Catherine, thank you so much, uh, Daniela. Catherine, I'm wondering, how, what are your plans to get the message products out? Um, my plans to get the message of these uh, message products out would be having these high school kids, you know, talk to their friends, talk to their community at school, um, to talk to their talk to their family, just simply talk mm -hmm. to anyone they can find just to give them the type of inf this type of information so they're not misinformed and so they can be um, safe. Mm -hmm. And and also summer health fairs with community leaders, with the health department in the county and just all around the community. Yeah. Terrific. Karina, any any final thoughts before we go to break on um, how you're going to get those messages out? Um, like Catherine said, with the community leaders. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We couldn't hear you for just a minute there. Um, ahead, like, like Catherine said, the summer health fair with the community leaders, um, with the health department and the camp program, that's how we would... Um, 
give out the information to our community. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Terrific. So not only, uh, Karina, Catherine, and Daniela, you're not only talking to the young people, but you're really looking at the adults and the uh, the elders of your community to get those the the correct information and to get um, uh, uh, prevention ideas out there. Thank you so much. Now we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue this fabulous conversation. So stay with me, Julie Rogers Bascom on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, today we're talking with a group of young people from Maryland who worked in partnership with Campfire and the Latin American Youth Center to address the issues of health in their Latinx communities in the Patexan area of Maryland. Their project, Poder and Salud, also known as Power in Health, took a service learning approach to address some of the barriers to health in their communities and as part of a national effort, created messages specifically for their community. In this next segment, we'll hear from our guests about some of the challenges they faced as they worked on this project and some of the things they learned during the process. I also wanted to call out after looking at the campfire uh, website and talking to some other people who have been in, involved in the campfire work that Campfire focuses on teaching youth life skills that they need to succeed and thrive, but they also really see young people as um, uh, developing um, that, that they are leaders right now, right now. I believe that the service learning uh, strategy that the young people we're using today is, is one way we can engage people in real world issues. And through the process of service learning, we tap into all sorts of learning for young people. 
So one of the questions that always comes to my mind, Daniela, and uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, tackle this the the time or in the segment before is, I know that you had to work with federal agencies like the CDC and other partners. What was that like working with this these big groups? And what did you learn about working with these big entities? So I was able to recognize you know, the difference actually we're working with both a federal agency like CDC and the difference with serving with a nonprofit organization like the, the Latin American Youth Center, Miller Multicultural Youth Center here. I know there are it's such an excitement to know that we get these opportunities to work with a, a federal agency, um, these higher, these higher governments, I guess we can say, mm-hmm. and because, you know, do with nonprofit, um, sometimes, you know, it's a lot of thinking on your feet. There's a lot of things that often change. Um, when one moment we could have a plan all set all together, the next moment we know we're, we're being asked to make changes, you know, um, there may, we may have less support. We may have more support. We may have to uh, often alter our changes or plans, but I think with this, it's really given, it's given us an opportunity to really, um, thrive, show what we can do and, you know, actually make a voice for our community, provide a voice for our community and take pride in it. Um, Karina, were, did you find, were there any other challenges that you encountered in this experience? Um, just trying to give out information about COVID and the vaccines was really hard because um, the community doesn't take it in a good way because they see it, the vaccine as a bad thing, as something that could change your life. and um, change your life in a bad way. Mm. So just trying to give out information about COVID and the vaccine is really hard in in our community because they just don't understand what's going on ever since COVID started. Just trying to talk about COVID and then the vaccines coming out. There's something that they always have to say, like they don't understand that if we get vaccinated, you know, we're getting a step ahead of not going back to normal, but trying to. Okay. Okay. That's, you know, it's uh, uh, projects like this um, that are big. This is a really, really big service learning project. There are bound to be barriers and challenges. And I really applaud the efforts that you all uh, stuck to. Um, What I'd also like to talk about, because I think that there is much, learning that happens during this process um, about COVID, about the community, about the process of service learning, or about yourself. Karina, would you share with us some of the things that you learned about yourself, the community, um, during during um, engaging in Poder and Salud? Um, something that I learned was that the community goes with the rumors. Anything that they hear, they think is true. Even if you try to give them the right information, they just don't take it because they heard something else mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. first. So it's really hard to give out the right information. Okay. Did you learn anything, Karina, about yourself or something you did that's kind of surprised you? That Something that something about a life skill? Did you do something that you've never done before? 
Um, something that I think was really important in this was outreaching. Okay. That that took a big part of this project. So uh, who did you have to reach out to that was new for you? Um, you know, just the community trying to give out information about COVID, the vaccine. Um, we would have clinics. So um, kids um, 5 to um, 12 could get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So just trying to outreach, uh, giving out the information about the clinics, um, COVID and the vaccine, you know, it's really hard in this community. Thanks, Karina. Now, Catherine, I'm, I'm going to th- uh, throw it over to you right now. What are some things that you learned during this process? Well, some things that I learned during this process was how our community, they can come together. They can genuinely come together and help each other out because during this time, I know that a lot of families struggled and I saw that different foundations and stuff that that there has been for during COVID-19, like the, the difference helps they've gotten. And that's just the community alone coming together and helping them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daniela, tell us about um, during this process, what did you learn about yourself? For myself, I think it's really opened a lot of doors for me. I was able to witness the growth in myself and actually, you know, at the end of the project, you know, really witness what can get done when you work as a, through a team effort um, and being able to take pride in what you do and you be able to support your community overall. And I know a major thing I actually decided is that, um, you know, I am a freshman and first generation, first year college student. And I originally majored in business administration, but for these past two years, I've really noticed the thrive I take into actually being involved with the community, doing community service work, that I've actually decided to change my major (laughs) to now social work. So I will be going through that process over the summer, and I'm actually really happy to, you know, start a new chapter, start a new journey, and really, you know, do what makes me happy, and it's being able to support those around me. So this service learning experience really exposed you to some careers that maybe you hadn't thought about before. That's really a, that's a powerful outcome. Um, is there something that you did in this project that you've non, never done before, Daniela? I'm thinking about what you did in, in August, in April, rather, when you uh, um, shared your story. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, along with, um, you know, my team, Karina, Catherine, and actually another member, her name is Evelyn, who was unable to be here with us tonight. She, we were actually given an opportunity to, you know, be a part of a conference in Minnesota, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a really great, big thing for all of us. Uh, you know, being able to partner with Campfire, <laughs> we love Ms. Rosemary, who was actually able to be with us also uh, throughout that trip and be a part of the conference of um, together. Um, and it, we just would have never thought, you know, it first began with creating a project, you know, creating a PSA, something to share with our community, and later brought us to have an opportunity to fly out, be a part of this conference to emphasize service learning and taking part in service learning and different ways to actually grow our mindset, grow um, different qualities, different efforts, different ideas, how to more further, 
you know, gain creativity, experience. And I think that was a big thing for all of us, especially since we don't travel out of state that often. I guess you could say it was really big and exciting, not only for us, but it was a big, a big thing to tell our families. And I just know they were so proud. Well, I think uh, uh, the the words that you all have been sharing with us, your stories and and your uh, feedback and reflection, uh, what's really what's really resonating with me is that adults often talk about the youth voice um, and and that they want to hear what young people have to say. You're really demonstrating uh, uh, what youth voice looks like and feels like. Is that? Is there any other message you would like to get across to your community about youth voice? I'm I'm opening it up to the floor, uh, Catherine, Karina, or Daniela. Anybody want to talk a little bit more about youth voice? Um. Well, I think it was. Well, the message coming from the youth was uh, very important or very strong because most of the time, you know. If, youth tends to listen to youth more than they do adults. So I feel like they did a good job at speaking their voice and making sure that them and their friends are safe and Mm -hmm. that they're okay. That's terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we need to take one last short break. And when we come back, we'll get some final reflections from this group of incredible young people. So stay with me. Julie Rogers Bascom on the power of young people to change the world. Remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us on the web at NYLC.org. And don't forget to check out our website for free resources on how to get started in service learning, both in the classroom and in the after school world. So stay with us. We'll be right back with this terrific group of young people. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit NYLC lc.org to learn more today it's your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com you 
are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. My name is Julie Rogers Bascom, and I'm standing in for Amy Muirs. In our last few minutes, I'd like to hear from our guests from the Maryland Area Campfire Association, where they lead four different teams of young people to create messages about keeping their Latinx community safe from COVID-19. Young people, I'd love to hear your thoughts on why this kind of youth voice is important and your hopes for other young people and and teachers who are interested in using service learning in their classrooms or in out-of-school programs. And I I hope we get some pearls of wisdom, some advice to getting started in service learning. Daniela, let's start with some of your thoughts right now. Why do you think this type of work, this service learning work, this community work, this um, outreach work, why do you think it's important for young people to do? I think it's very important, especially for minorities, because I, I, you know, I also relate to, you know, being a community member myself that, you know, with our family, with our relatives, with our parents, they weren't always English speaking. They're not so fluent. And to see, you know, their children, to see their young adults, their young teens take pride into wanting to support the community, you'd be amazed on the brightness that we see in our parents, in our families, in their eyes, the glow in their eyes when they realize, you know, that majority of us are bilingual. They, they, it's a, how do I say, wholehearted moment um, because they feel a sense of relief. This person understands me. This person understands my needs. This person is able to help me and is willing to help me. And I think that's not emphasized enough in our community that they don't realize that there are free free resources out there. There are free opportunities out there. There is opportunity out there for, you know, for minorities, for everyone in the community, you know, to not feel so closed out and believing that, you know, they're not worthy of receiving resources, that they're not worthy of receiving any type of support because they're not from this country originally. I think, you know, it's way past that. And, you know, when I see young people actually take pride and love doing what they do and being a part of the community and being part of service work, that's what it's all about. You know, caring for your community members, supporting them, you know, showing love always because there should never be a hatred between one another. There should never be any type of disrespect. It's all about respect. It's all about support and being there for one another. Thank you so much, Daniela. Karina, can you, do you have some comments on why you think this type of work is important for young people to do? I think it's, I think this type of work is important for youth to do. One, they're learning new things, but they're also helping their community. They're seeing what their community goes through mm-hmm. and they get to be there for them, be that support that some of our parents need. Mm-hmm. Like um, Daniela said, most of our um, community don't speak English or they do a little bit. So when they see someone that speaks their language, they get so happy. And youth could do that. The youth could help them and anything that they need with, you know, being bilingual. So that's something that I think that's a reason why I think youth should um do this type of work, just helping out the community. 
they're learning things. Um, and, you know, it, it opens up paths for them. It could change their lives and help them out in the future. I love that, that you say that it opens up paths for them because that really does uh, uh, allow you to meet other people, to build team, to uh, practice leadership skills. And it really offers multiple perspectives, which I think is really important for young people. Catherine, how would you like to add on to what Daniela and Karina have said? Why is this important work for Um, young people to do? I think it's important work for young people to do because um, sometimes the youth doesn't really get their voices heard. And this allows them to um, put their voice out there and to be heard by everyone and to have a huge impact in their community and to just keep everyone safe and just to have a bigger learning experience. Terrific. I I actually think that when you, as young people, are doing this work, you change the perspective of adults as well. They see what you're able to do. There's, they see, uh, they go from, oh, kids these days to kids these days. It's really changing the perspective. So I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing to help um, those of us who are um, over the teenage years understand and and see what you all are working on. Um, next question here, and it, this is an open question where we haven't really talked about this much, but what else needs to be done on your project? What else are you thinking? What are your next steps? Anybody have some comments about that? Yes, I'd like to add. I think what needs to be done is just the raising awareness <laughs> I think that plays a major contribution because, you know, with the youth, they took their time. They did their efforts to create this project, this PSA. The passion is there. The support is there. The information is there. And I think at the end of the day, it's just about sharing those resources. Um, and to bring an example, I know, um, as it was mentioned earlier, we have provided a pediatric clinic. And when we were doing outreach phone calls, a lot of them would really, you know, they seemed tired of being asked the question if they were vaccinated, if they were open to being vaccinated, um, or, you know, we could end up being sent to voicemail or we could end up being hung up on. <laughs> and I think the thing is, is um, letting the community take their time to later be open-minded about these resources, because again, in the beginning, there's a lot of misinformation, whether it's cultural beliefs, whether it's against the religion, it's, it's, you know, they just ha- end up with these opinions. They end up with this, you know, strong structure of not, you know, wanting to believe the, the support is really there. And I think that's what it's all about. But the community, were, once they once they notice, once they realize, you know, the, the worth of doing these things, it'll bring them all together and bring them into a united community. And that's what we look for. So in the short time that we have left, Daniela, can you tell, can you share any advice for young people who want to make change in their communities? What's, what are some pearls of wisdom, some words of advice? Never give up. Mm. Always follow your dreams. Nothing is impossible. It's, it's amazing how much you can accomplish when you believe in yourself I know there's always going to be struggle. There's always going to be battles, whether it's within your household, whether it's within your community, your school, 
your occupation, but it's it's your passion is what keeps you going. It's your support. It's your your backbone to you. You know, you are the one to create your path. You are the one that will later be amazed on how much you get accomplished. And you'll never really realize the value of your work until you finally sit back and realize everything that you've accomplished within a lifespan and how you can use that to engage your community, engage others to do the same. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this community, we could all have our different opinions, but at the end of the day, when it comes to struggle, when it comes to surviving, for example, during this pandemic, we all come together because we want to support one another. We never want to, you know, portray anything negative. We always want to stay positive, whether in the good times or the bad times, always have a smile on your face and love what you do. Never give up. It does never not matter the up. color of your skin, does not matter your background, does not matter where your parents came from. Never give up. Never give up. Thank you, Daniela. Catherine, what's, what are your words of advice for other um, young people? My words of advice would be, don't let fear stop you from putting yourself out there. Don't let fear stop you from letting your voice be heard. So it's like, you know, they sometimes youth is scared to speak what they have, like to speak their mind just because they're afraid of people not listening to them, but I just recommend, I just, I give the advice for them not to let that stop them from being heard because then you never know what you can actually accomplish. Awesome. Karina, Karina, what are your words of advice in the last 30 seconds? Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Follow your dreams. Believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. You got to make sure that you believe in yourself. Don't care about what anyone has to say. What matters is that you believe in yourself, that you are doing what you like, not doing something that your mom or your dad wants you to do. Follow your dreams and don't be scared. Wow. Well, we've heard it from three young people from uh, Campfire working in partnership with some amazing adults. Thank you all for being here today, uh, both guests and listeners. Um, don't, don't forget, we have a, a great episode planned next week. So join us again. Mark your calendars for 5 p.m. Central or 6 p.m. Eastern. And to join us as we serve, learn, and change the world. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.